Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Hello, my name is Jay. I'm the resident blogger on designfootball.com and the regular presenter of the designfootball.com podcast. What you're about to listen to is a Tottenham Hotspur special with guest Andrew Ruckel from the Echoes of Glory podcast. This podcast episode was originally recorded around two years ago, but for various reasons has not seen the light of day until today. It covers the 2017-18 Nike kits, the first Nike kits for Tottenham, and also a summary of the Tottenham Hotspur kit history. We think it's still relevant, not least for my poor pronunciation of Tottenham Hotspur, and seems particularly relevant today to have a Tottenham Hotspur fan talking to a Liverpool fan as they're about to go head-to-head in the Champions League final. At time of publishing, we don't know who won, but it's interesting to see the evolution that has come about since Nike took over the kits, and particularly the influence they've had on their European kit, which we talk about. Also, keep listening after the music fades out, because I spoke to Andrew again just before last Christmas to discuss this season's kits. We also touched on where Nike should go now with the Tottenham Hotspur kit design, and I believe there have now been some leaks. Finally, there is a book referred to throughout this podcast. Please be aware that this is now available, so go out and get it if you haven't already. Enjoy. Hello and welcome to designfootball.com podcast. This is episode 27 and this is a Tottenham Hotspur special. Uh, I'm joined today uh, by Andrew Rockall, also known as Stato. Hello, Andrew. How are you? Good evening, Jay. Very well, thank you. Okay, so uh, we're speaking today because the, the new Nike Spurs kits have recently been released um, what what are your thoughts on those? Are, are you a, a fan of the new designs? I do like them very much. I I come to it in a in a way that I'm I'm really glad that they haven't balls them up. If you know what I mean, mm. there's so much they can do with them, and I'm I'm just really happy that it's quite plain, very traditional. Um, I think maybe that's where they they chose to start off. Um, but yeah, I, I really really do like them. Yeah. Uh, so we've talked about vapor on this podcast before and a lot of people have talked about it um from looking at those kits it seems the perfect marriage of 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 a club and manufacturer especially where nike are now they look to me like almost definitive spurs kits the the home kit just looks 
the balance between the white and the navy to me is instantly recognisable as Spurs. Is that was that your sort of first impression of it? Very much so, because you know if they'd have gone with last season, Spurs had started with Nike. It very much could have been white shorts and navy socks mm. to fit in with their whole uh, introduction of, of the, the vapor template. So I think it's just the perfect marriage at the moment. The way the way it's gone. Yeah. So so t- talk us through it. What have you got as as the colours of the home shirt, shorts, and then socks? The home shirt is plain white with a navy band around the back of the the neck, uh, which is sort of a, a navy. Sh- um, navy with a white stripe in, in between it. Um, it's got two navy flashes, one on either side, um, and the shorts are navy uh, with a white flash, and the socks are plain white with the night tick and spurs uh, embroidered just beneath uh, it. Okay, but it, it's um, no gimmicks. It's just really from afar. It looks like a spurs kit. Close up, it looks like a spurs kit, and that's all we can ask for. So. Explain to me. We'll, we'll jump into this straight away. Explain to me the situation with the the shorts and the socks. What what sh- color should Spurs shorts and socks be? Spurs have this history of changing to all white in European games. So traditionally, they have always worn navy shorts, with the exception of being two or three seasons in the mid eighties. Hummel changed to all white, and uh, Under Armour changed to all white in I don't know. 2010, 2012, something like that. Um, for me, it's the balance of the kit is wrong if it's all white. It works for European nights. It makes it special. But having the blue shorts, it's the embodiment of what Tottenham is. They've, you know, it's perceived that they they copied the uh, the colours from Preston. Um, maybe we'll find okay. out more about that, you know, in the months to come. Uh-huh. Um, but they've, they've switched socks a few times. Um, traditionally, they've they've almost always worn navy. Um, that was from the club's inception through to the late 60s. And then there was a period of, I don't know, maybe 25 years where white socks were worn. And then in the years since then, they've probably had every third year they've worn navy socks, uh, but but mostly white. Okay. So so it's, it is the safe, in terms of what the, the fans are looking for, and if we say fans are now going to known the history for about a quarter of a century maybe less yeah then it's kind of the safe option for nike to go with white socks on their first release would that be fair yes last season there were navy uh socks for the last year with under armor that's my personal preference uh, i've always believed if it was good enough for the team that won the double in the 60s then it's good enough for for anyone um, yep but you know they, they they change it nominally you know every other season or however it is so they can change it back, <laughs> you know. That's the way kit manufacturing's yeah. gone. There's so many changes that they have to make change for change sake. Sometimes, yeah. So, so this is something that uh, John John Devlin's a, an example of someone who who will rail against the um, the changing of kits every season, and that is where you see these sorts of things being brought in: the change of shorts colours and socks colours and sock turnover colours, that kind of thing has to happen just to show that you've actually done something. Um, the the crest on the new kits, um, it looks familiar. Where do I know that crest from? Is that a... Is that, that is very a, much a, a historic crest. Um, right, okay. Badge was redesigned in the uh, the middle 2000s sort of decade. Um, yep. 
I think that's actually a really good balance. It's very modern with a cockerel, but a very old-fashioned and traditional uh, ball that it's standing on. Mm. This year, they've returned to the shield, um, to, you know, to to outline the, the uh, crest. And it's believed yeah. to be for the one season only. That was in the, the spiel uh, with, when the kit came out. Um, I've read certain things online about it being there to protect the cockerel whilst it's away from Whitehall Lane. I'd like to hope that's not an official line. And that's from a, a blogger somewhere who's trying to meme it and, you know, get notoriety from from the back of that. But uh, I believe it's going to be for one season only. But it is that would match what Tottenham wore in 61 when they won the double. Yeah, so I might be wrong, but that looks similar to what the pony shirts had in the mid-90s. Did they have that? 95 to 97, the shirt had a crest. Uh, sorry, it had a shield. And then okay. they changed to a very, very traditional, old-fashioned style badge that really only been used on, um, you know, club t- uh, letterheads and the like, and in handbooks yeah. and the like. But yes, okay. it had been used before in the nineties and sort of revisited now. Yeah, that elaborate crest. I, I, I've got a vision of David Ginola wearing that. Would that be right? Yes, that would. Yeah, that would have been the, the year they won the Worthington Cup final in '99. Again, okay. a pony kit. Okay. Um, the uh, the away kit is... See, part of the away kit we've kind of already seen in the home kit. Is that right? Well, the shorts are the same for the home and away kit. Like I said earlier, Spurs will wear all white in Europe. They're in the Champions League again this year. Um, so the white shorts will be available. So I'm sure when needed, they'll be worn in a mix and match away. So there might be games away from home where navy, white, navy is worn. But the away kit is listed and has been released as all navy, which is, again, a very traditional Spurs colour historically, um, certainly through uh, the 50s and 60s until navy was banned um, towards the end of the 60s and, and yellow was adopted as a change colour. Yeah. Okay. And the the embellishment to the away kit, are we saying the away kit is a direct reversal of the home kit, is it? Exactly that, yes. The the only thing that would change is the, uh, the colour of the sponsor logo, which is red on the home shirt, uh, and that reverts to white on the, on the away shirt. But it's a very classy-looking, uh, plain and bold looking shirt i think yeah the the red on the home shirt is that still a problem for people or has it ever been a big problem for people or is that just something that's been it built up some, by the media it is for some fans who in my opinion are idiots but it's fueled by the fact that the club did a range in the club shop of um of t-shirts and the like you know, not official kit but um that was never red and, and that was the the slogan on the on the sort of t-shirts or or hoodies, um, and then they went down the line of having sponsors with you know with red logos. To my mind, oh. it's just you know. So the club have fueled it. The club have, have you know made it a, a thing really. But then you know if they're choosing to take the money of a company whose corporate logo happens to be in red, because they're willing to pay X million pounds more than the next competitor who's not, then you know so be it. It's, it is what it is. Yeah, sponsorship. Yeah, you know, adorned shirts and has done for for getting on for forty years now. So if you like it or lump it, it's there. Yeah, so I mean, it's it can make just, or break a shirt. But 
Just to um, for anyone who I can't imagine anyone doesn't realise the relevance of that. That there might be an idea that because it's the colour that Arsenal wear and Arsenal being Spurs' main rivals, that might be a problem for for a certain amount of fans. That that red appears on the Spurs shirt, but it's it's never been an issue for me. It's not as if um, they don't have white on their shirt, do they? I mean, if you know the sleeves or collar and the like. So it's cra- It's a crazy notion to me. To, you know, to let it flush you. But uh, what was just just for for uh, just for me to know? Um, what was the the other red sponsor that they had? It was like a, a gambling company, was it? That Spurs had. Well, Thompson before? would have been the first ones. The um, the holiday yeah. people. Uh, they were from two thousand two to two thousand six. So they were the the sort of UK based, but I think they were German owned sort of you know parent company, and then Mansion was an um, online and gambling yeah. sponsor who had read and now AIA who are um, a, a Hong Kong based life insurance company so you know anything pretty much out in the Far East is going to have red as a corporate colour because that's a such a lucky colour out there certainly in all matters finance so yeah um, yeah uh, this is we saw something similar with uh, Cardiff City changing to to red home kits it's a, a similar philosophy behind that i would have thought in terms of the luck thing um okay so those are the, that's the the two main kits the home and away kits which seem to be we'll, we'll see to what degree they're interchangeable over the season but yeah you, you could have all kinds of different combinations there i suppose and it's and that's something that people like to see you've got dual purpose of of the shorts and the socks it's uh it's quite handy i suppose in in terms of rec- it just works, doesn't it? You know, that you can change. That we we'll, There'll be games where we have to go and wear um, the navy socks. Like mm. last year, there were games where we had to change from navy socks to white. But it, yeah. it gives it, if it can keep you in your home kit more often, for me, that's a good thing. Yeah, if you're just changing a single element. Yeah. yeah. Or, or two elements, even. Um, okay, so the third kit we haven't seen yet. We expect that to be released later, but that's more... The third kits of, of Nike teams now are more a Nike release than a club release. That's the way I look at it anyway. Yeah, I agree with you there. Explain to me how that sort of works with Nike at the minute. And it has worked for about three or four years now, is it? Yes. I mean, there was a few years ago where they, the clubs that Nike had, the, the big, big clubs, uh, they all seemed to get a fluorescent uh, third kit. So you had uh, Juventus mm. in a, you know, a sort of really lurid lime colour. Um, Man City, I'm trying to remember which colour they had, but Barcelona had an orange one. And, you know, it was real lurid colours, but it was kind of mm. a really obvious, you know, choice of theirs. And this year's thing is it's going to have some sort of camouflage effect. Now, it's all yeah. going to be in, within the colour of the shirt. So you're not looking at having a, a green and a black and a cream like you would in a traditional, you know, camouflage fatigue, you know, yeah, you know, garments. Um yeah. But yeah, depending on which colour you're given, I believe Man City's is going to be a sort of dark green. Um, and, and, the, and the Spurs one's going to be purple. Now, I wrongly assumed that it was going to be a sort of very lilac-y purple, which is a colour that Spurs have, have had in their palette before. Um, but the latest releases, which appear to be not just a graphic, but look like a photograph of a shirt, it's a very dark purple. In no way is it a contrast from the Navy Away kit. Kits don't work like that anymore. We all know that. They're, they're selected for a reason. Um, but it seems to be paired with a sort of green trim, 
which is odd in if you ask me, but the badge will be in that, the sponsor will be in that, the Nike tick, and, and what trim there is. But uh, hmm. there you are. There's that, not, not be confirmed. That, okay, we, we have to put that caveat in, but that's an extreme example of uh, a pointless third kit then, isn't it? If if it Because what you're describing there, if you're watching this on TV, it could, basically could be the away kit, couldn't it? Yes, yeah. There's absolutely no way you could have a game between you know two sides wearing the away and the third kit. It's just... Yeah. That, I mean, that is something that Dennis Hurley will point out all the time. You would never need to have that. So Quite as long agree. As it fulfills, no. yes. yeah. So as long as it fulfills the criteria of, of being a separate change in the event that you need it, and sometimes a slightly different shade will solve that problem. But that can work. I mean, I'm thinking of an example of Palace in, in the 80s where they had their red and blue stripes and then they had an all-red mm. chain shirt and an all-red, uh, sorry, an all-blue chain shirt. Yeah. So if they're going to go and play Ipswich, they wear the red version. If they're going to play at Liverpool, they wear the blue version. That works on every level. Mm. Sunderland have done it in many years past where they've had a white away kit. Their the shirt's red and white stripes, but it's kind of more predominantly red. than. But this is not, you know, this is not like that. It's not like it's one of two colours. It is two dark kits. Yeah, I, I can't see an excuse for it as yet. But we we wait to see. It might be that they pull it. I hope they pull it. If that is the case, then you'd you'd hope that there is a last minute change because it is basically gives Spurs a different colour, isn't it? Because that's all it yeah. is. It's like we've got a range. We've got this style of shirt. We're giving it in various exactly. colours to various teams. So just give them a different colour from the list of colours we've got. Yeah. So um, uh, yeah, we'll wait and see on that. The only time I can see a, a third kit definitely being needed to be used would be away at West Brom. This year, their away their home shirt is predominantly navy on the back, so the away kits and the third kit would be out of, um, you know, use. So it depends how much white they've got on the front of their home shirt, whether Tottenham can wear the home shirts or not. Hmm. Uh, West Brom has been a problem in the past. Um, there was the the season where I can't remember what what all the kits were, but there was. The, you had the third kit, and that's what you ended up wearing at West Brom. Was the we had the grey black, and black. Yeah. yeah, and that that really didn't solve the problem. It was basically the the three kits you had that season, which were Under Armour kits, really weren't fit for purpose either. Mainly because of the West Brom game, um, but yeah, they didn't really have anything to deal with. I agree, hundred percent. It's a, it's a crazy notion, but that's that's the way it's gone. You you would previously have had maybe home of white, away kit of yellow, and possibly third kit of, of sky blue, if not navy. But they now seem, seem to sort of ditch those because they don't sell as well, or it's perceived that they don't. Yeah, I, I keep on hearing this idea that, that a yellow change kit doesn't sell very well. But like when Liverpool fans were always asking for a, a yellow change kit, the answer was coming back that it doesn't sell very well. But mm, I don't know. I, I would always expected to do quite well and when i grew up and first really started getting into football almost every club's away kit was yellow it just dominated i mean we look in the very late 70s and early 80s there but mm. you know lots of clubs had, had yellow change kits even i mean we're going to go through a little bit of the history in a second but spurs had kept a a, a yellow away kit for four seasons didn't they in the 90s which is basically unheard of yes yeah no they uh 
they had a sky blue third kit for a couple of those years, but the, the yellow was retained three years as the away kit and, and one year as a as a third kit and was used as well. That was the one with the ice effect or the bird poo on the shoulder, as uh, most other clubs fans. Yeah, that's that's how I remember it. Um, I'm just thinking of something now. Did for the first season, did it have the Umbro word mark in in lowercase, and then subsequent seasons, did it go to uppercase? You would need a book that told you that in such detail <laughs> um, that I'm aware will be coming out in uh, October time, but uh, I couldn't say for now. Ah, uh, okay, all right, that's interesting. Um, uh, that is that. Uh, I like that you're withholding this information. <laughs> you, you, your mar- the marketing's going well for this book. Okay, so we we look out for a book that might give us that information. That's that's good. Um, okay, so give us a bit, little bit of history, if if contractually you're allowed to if you give us a history of the spurs kit so what what did what colors did spurs wear originally originally uh they wore uh navy with what's believed to be uh, a red badge i mean this is you're looking 1883 so it's uh photographs uh not always to be trusted yeah um, well, certainly you know arsenal had the problems with the wrong coloration of the the photo which led them to wear the red current shirt as a nod to yeah, yeah. A shirt which turned out to never have been, never have been the case. Um, but yeah, those very early years, navy would have been the main colours. Uh, changed in after two or three years into a sky blue and white half, so a Blackburn yeah. style kit. Uh, then red for five years. Oh, okay. Before the turn of the century, um, chocolate yeah. and gold for uh, two two or three years, which they revisited in the uh, in the two thousands with a with a brown and gold strip. And then pretty much at the turn of the century, of the, the 19th century, sorry, the 1900s, I should say, the 20th century, they changed to uh, white shirts and navy shorts and stockings. Okay, so that has been... And with that is consistent. Variation. Yeah. So that would have been from, from the time they, they moved to White Hart Lane or White Hart Lane was built. And, and, and those colours would have been worn almost identically through till the late 60s. Uh, when they switched to white socks for a sort of cleaner look, I think. So you mentioned um, the brown and gold kit was revisited. I remember this is a Puma kit, was it? In it was, what, yes. What year we're talking? Two thousand eight, two thousand nine, something like that. A touch earlier than that, from uh, oh, really? from okay. memory. Yeah, um, just trying. Six seven, I think, was the third kit. Okay, the the brown a, and gold. Sort of, yeah, they had a pale blue away kit. There was a sort of sort of Man City would have had a one-off sort of year where they had a sort of laser blue. It was kind of more like that. I think it was. Okay. Do you remember the, the Italy kit from the World Cup, where when it got wet, it looked entirely different. It looked like it was covered yeah. in grease. Well, it was that material. So I think once once it got wet or the players had sweated in it, it, it looked a different colour to you know when it had started of a, a game. Okay, and. The the sky blue halves thing was revisited as well, wasn't it? That was worn as the 125th anniversary kit, which was only worn one game. That would have been in 2007-8 season. And that was for a, chosen for a home game against Aston Villa. Uh, you know, they wheeled out all the legends of the club and then proceeded to, to fall over and collapse in front of Aston Villa and were 4-1 down uh, before a meteoric comeback and it was a sort of last minute 4-4 four, four. Oh, okay but yeah they they did that and that was that was pale blue and white halves but they that was a sort of 
sold in a presentation box with, you know, wrapped in tissue and the like. And but yeah. it was only worn the once. Okay, interesting. I I don't know if I've dreamt this, but I think the long sleeve version of that the sleeves changed half halfway down. Yes, you're quite right. But not on the short sleeve because it, it obviously didn't get the opportunity to. But yes, it looked <laughs> no. more like a quartered kit. Yeah, on the long sleeve version. Um, on the night I was at the game, I just I can't remember ha- how many players wore wore long sleeve version. So probably Berbatov. That was kind of his shtick was to wear a long sleeve shirt. See, that's I'm just because alternate sleeve base layers don't exist really, <laughs> but you'd have to wear the alternate sleeved base layer the wrong way round in effect with a short sleeve shirt to get the effect of the long sleeve shirt exactly back to front or back to front exactly yeah if you wore it back to front you'd be sorted okay that is uh that's uh yeah that's me um indulging myself a little bit there okay so if we go through the manufacturers that spurs have had yes when when does the manufacturer thing really become a thing are we talking the 60s i'm talking i imagine there's like Buckter and Umbro going yes. on without anyone knowing for about fifty years. Is that would yeah? That be right. If you if you had the shirt or you've seen match worn shirts, then obviously you can see see from the label. But if you're looking at the era when manufacturers' logos came onto shirts, then you'd be looking at Umbro shirt in in the early seventies. Okay. Um, and then prior to sort of the Admiral Revolution, uh, where Tottenham returned to the first division after one year hiatus in Division Two. Okay. Um, and, and they had Admiral for three years prior to being, I think, the Cox Sportive's first English club in the sort of shiny kit era that began in, in the early 80s. Yeah. And they yeah. had some, for me, some of the best kits that, that Tottenham have had. They were certainly the, the era when I started uh, following the club as a six-year-old and started, you know, being bought shirts as, as presents. Uh, is there a centenary shirt around then? Yes, that would have been the first shirt with shadow stripes in England. I'm not sure where else in the world that that had been done, but it was a a thing of beauty. Uh, yeah. She asked, asked me. Yeah, so that's um, the shadow stripes are done nowadays. It, it could be part of like the jacquard, or it could yes. be yeah. like a sublimation effect. But certainly back then, it was it was definitely part of the weave, like the jacquard effect, and it was. It's quite a clever thing, and yeah, and that yeah. carried on into the shorts as well. So it was you're looking at two different navies in the shorts as well. So they were striped, but it was that subtle that you wouldn't say from afar that you could see that there was a there was a, a stripe on them. But okay, and then the wake it the wake it changed to pale blue that season, and and that worked really well. And there was a, a very rare and occasionally seen uh, yellow. Um, kit in that centenary style obviously just for the one season um, never worn in a league game but worn in a couple of friendlies um, and, and a game I was certainly at which was the first testimonial for our greatest manager Bill Nicholson and it was worn in a legends game beforehand where the, the pale blues took on the yellows as their differentiation was uh, Okay. it took years to find a picture of it and John Devlin had been made aware of it and I finally found a photo and sort of gleefully sent it to him, and had been a bit a bit of a holy grail, as you know those oddities or rarities are. So, so is that in the True Colours books, the yellow one, or not? I, no, it's not in the book because I think that's where it came to his attention, 
that a meet-up with uh, a, kit, a former kit man at Tottenham had said, you know, you've missed one out of your book. Uh, okay. With it never having been warning it in a league game, I don't know whether it's one John would have illustrated even if he had uh, found evidence of it at the time. I think uh, I think he, he that's his get-out a lot of the time, that if it hasn't yeah. been worn, then he doesn't need to illustrate it. Although I think there are some shirts in the book that he found out about and illustrated despite the fact they never got worn. But I think he maybe did that before the event. So yes, he got yeah. the... He found out what he found out what the kits the team would be wearing next season were, but as it turned out, they never actually, uh, right, yeah, never actually turned out in it. Okay, so that's uh, so the Admiral, then the Lecoq Sportif era, and then you have Hummel come in. What what year did Hummel come in? Nineteen eighty five. They came in, and and they did make a seismic change, um, and their first kit for for the first two years uh, was all white even okay. in, in the league games because obviously English clubs had been banned from Europe. Yeah. Um, so that was that was quite a change. But Navy um, chain shorts weren't available in the first season. The away kit was sky blue and there, were, there was only two kits that year. So Spurs often, it was the, the era when short clashes were not allowed in the Football League. So, so Tottenham often wore white, sky blue and white away from home which caused some problems at Manchester City. The referee stopped the game after five minutes. Uh, and it was definitely a Dennis Hurley overall clash <laughs> of City yeah. being sky blue, white, sky blue. And uh, yeah, he asked uh, City to change. And City went off and, and changed into red and black shirts, black shorts, and kept oh. the sky blue socks for one of the oddest looks ever. But uh, yeah, that was during yeah. the game. So... For, in, from a Spurs fan's point of view, I don't know how many Spurs fans would have actually known this, but going back in history, a, a white and sky blue look is not necessarily that alien, historically speaking. No, but in, in kind of in that setup, it would have been different. And yeah, historically, I'm sure there, there were people who did know the, the history of the club, but, you know, since we've had, you know, wonderful sites like um, historical football kits or the, the, the site that got me into the, my fascination and then just sheer love of, of football kits in the modern era being uh, Kit Classics, Andy Burton's website. Yeah. Um, you know, then it became aware of things that clubs have worn historically, but I don't know if, if as many fans were aware before then. No. Okay, so th- that kit, describe that shirt for us because that was quite an important shirt wasn't it it was it, it was um it had chevrons across the uh, chest but it also had a, a diagonal pinstripe uh on the upper part of the chest uh, but not the sleeves and then chevrons down the sleeves as well in hummel's inimitable style uh, it was a i think denmark had an away kit in that white and red yeah and a few danish clubs certainly had it so so what players um what players would have worn that kit very much Glenn Hoddle. It would have been his uh, last two seasons at White Hart Lane would have been in that kit. Uh, Steve Perriman would have been at the end of his career. Um, and uh, Clive Allen, his 49 goals in one season would have been 47 of them at least, or 48 of them at least would have been in that kit. And then yeah. they changed for the cup final. That was the second season of it though. Okay, they changed. All oh, right, so then they, they wore the new kit. Diego Maradona wear that shirt as well? He did, yes. He was going to be my next go-to. He played in Osvaldo Adidas' testimonial, which was astonishing to think about it now. 
um, three or four weeks before the start of the 86 World Cup, which obviously Maradona went on to completely own. But you mm-hmm. imagine being the biggest player in your country's and you want to fly off and go and, and be part of a, a friend's testimonial. It just wouldn't happen nowadays. I suppose, I mean, people would have known that he was, uh, I think he was at that point still the the biggest transfer fee. I think he had probably just gone to Napoli or something a year before yeah. or a couple of years before or something. So he was a massive player at the time. I don't, I suppose with what transpired in the next few weeks, it was, it was an even bigger deal um, to actually see him in the flesh at, at White Hart Lane than, than a lot of people would have imagined, I expect. Yeah. I mean, it was quite a high profile game. It was um, Inter Milan with the opponents. Um, you know, Ardilis was a World Cup winner when Tottenham signed him. So, you know, you're looking at the, the player held in the highest regard across the world. A friendly and affable chap, it would appear. Yeah. If, uh, you know, not very difficult to understand a word he says. <laughs> um, okay, so you mentioned the, the FA Cup final. The 1987 FA Cup final, uh, Coventry won the game, uh, but Spurs, something special happened to Spurs in that final. In terms of kits, if we focus on the kits, they did. Yes, um, there was a some error was made, and and half the team played the game with the sponsors logo on the shirts, and half played without. Uh, it was okay. a fail of of some epic proportions, and again, you'll find out soon if you buy a book, and uh, <laughs> the whole story will be uh, unveiled there. But yes, <laughs> okay. Spurs wore the new strip in for the final. Um, yeah, Coventry had to change shorts. Um, Spurs, the new strip that Spurs wore that day was later paired with with navy shorts, but Spurs were agreed to to wear the all white. And Coventry changed as they had against Leeds in their semi final, from sky blue and white shirts, white shorts, and sky blue socks to wear navy shorts as an alternative. Okay. So the navy shorts that, that Coventry wore in that final were actually uh, a change. A change short, yeah. Ah, okay. Interesting. Uh, okay, so uh, yeah, half the team wearing the sponsor, half not wearing it. So uh, that Hummel kit worn until '89, was it? Is that when when it changed yeah, that, over for two more years afterwards? It, halfway through, there was a change of logo from the sponsor, so there's a subtle change there. Oh, okay. So, yeah, that, that changed very slightly. And some players, it had the shirt a collar and some players uh, either tucked it in or had it removed entirely. So it looked like there were variations, but they were personal modifications, certainly. Okay. Well, I suppose anything would go, really, once some players have worn the sponsor and some had, and I suppose you've got uh, free reign to do whatever you'd like there. I yeah, I mean, it made the news. I mean, it would appear that certainly no one in the team, because they say, you know, for a cup final, you wear tracksuits or anthem jackets. I'm sure they weren't yeah. called anthem jackets then. Um, but nobody particularly noticed. And, you know, I'm sure it's apocryphal now, but Clive Allen claims to have said to uh, to Glenn Hoddle, Glenn, where's your Holston? And Hoddle said, you know, <laughs> let's wait till after the game for a pint, Clive, you know. And I'm sure it's something yeah. that works on the after-dinner circuit, whether or not it happened or not. I'm yeah, sorry to doubt you, Clive, but I, I don't necessarily <laughs> believe that. But certainly it made, I think it was the front page of the Daily Mirror, on the Monday afterwards, um, and then Carlin Black Label, I think, used it for an advert. Um, yeah, that you know, there was a blank shirted player, and that he drinks Carlin Black Labels was there. Uh... Yeah, yeah, I remember the slogan. Um, okay, so 
the next kit I remember particularly well, this is when I started getting interested in football, and I would generally see that as the, the Gascoigne FA Cup run kit. kit. Yeah. Um, so that's... I don't I don't remember it being a fantastic kit, but it it's iconic because of that FA Cup run. And uh, was it against Oxford that he played particularly well? Was it that match? He played well in every game. He dragged us to, to that final. Um, he scored two against Oxford in a four-two win. I think Oxford were second tier then, not not as low as they are at the moment. Uh, way at Portsmouth, he scored both goals in a what was otherwise quite a dire performance. We were at home to Notts County in, I think, the fifth round. It was televised. Um, and we just, we were playing terribly that season. We were having a really bad year. And he was carrying this this uh, injury, um, which required surgery. And he was only just fit for the semi-final, as it turned out. But, yeah, no, he carried us there pretty much on his own uh, okay. that season. But, but that was a quite a, a, quite a nice, attractive kit. The shorts had a side panel, which looked nice. They weren't symmetrical, so you had a Hummel chevrons on one side and THFC embroidered down the other. But yeah, the, the shirt was classy and had chevrons on the sleeves. Yeah, I, I, I seem to... Rem- I might be getting two kits mixed up, but does it have like um, the initials or something overlapped on the On the, neck, on the neckline, it? yeah, it had a sort of monogram type, you know. Yeah. In, okay. in a tiny little chevron, I suppose you'd call that. It wasn't quite a V, but uh, yeah, and a, a white white collar, a white V with a blue band through that as well. So it was quite a striking kit. Okay, so uh, you say that Gascoigne obviously. I, I didn't actually know he was carrying an injury through through that whole season. Oh so... yeah, he. I think it was a groin injury from memory, um, and he, okay. he had surgery after one of the cup rounds. Missed three or four weeks of football. Came back and played on a half an hour as a warm up the week before the FA Cup semi final. Um, yeah. He was wearing, I think you wouldn't even call them cycling shorts, but more sort of neoprene swimming shorts. You know, like a um, a wetsuit type. Yeah, they had a white stripe down the side, didn't they? Yeah, I mean you could see them under the under his shorts. Um, but yeah, and then he came back and had an absolutely astonishing game because that was the season that Arsenal. Lost only once in the league. They lost one game in the League Cup. They were massive favourites. Tottenham were in big financial problems. They, they'd massively overspent uh, for the second time when trying to build one a new stand at the ground. And they were in, in great difficulty. And the rumours were rife that Gascon was going to have to be sold. And, uh, yeah, on the day we just uh, blew Arsenal away. And, and it was down to yeah. Gazza and his fantastic free kick. And that took us to the cup final against Forest, where we rolled up with a brand new kit and a brand new manufacturer. Yeah, so so explain that. So there were actually shirts made. There were Hummel shirts made for that final. Is that right? Not before the game, no. Oh, really? Oh, okay. This oh, this is interesting. Okay, so what my understanding was, and I'm sure there is a book coming out that will disprove this, but my understanding was that the decision to to wear as it was umbro kits in the final which was the following season's kit mm-hmm. was was kind of a late decision but hummel had pre- already prepared the fa cup final shirts but you're saying that's that's not actually correct that's not correct and if you bear in mind that that tottenham ran hummel uk themselves 
um, as you'll again you'll find out in a forthcoming publication. Um, it was it was yeah. no secret that the contract was over, and uh, once they had got to the final, that they would be wearing a new Umbro strip. Ah, okay, all right. So this is a a sort of basically an, an all round in house decision then. Yeah. That, to say, okay, well, this is going to be far more worthwhile to us um, in terms of, of of marketing and profit and whatever else if we actually get them to wear the new kit in the final. Now, yeah. there was people will remember this kit, and it was um, people will remember the final. It was it was when uh, Gascoigne actually ruined himself, lost his mind essentially, tried to ruin Gary Parker and Gary uh, Charles's day as well. Yeah, um, he, he 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 put his studs into Gary Parker's chest and was not sent off for that. Um, no, and... I mean as a as a referee myself, it's one of those where you, well he played the ball, but his follow through was absolutely scandalous. <laughs> and I think it was uh, the referee on the day, Roger Milford, was a, a character in himself, one of those uh, sort of showbiz type refs who was just as happy with everyone looking at him and you know. His, mm perma you know his sort of permed hair and and the like it just his look was very much it was a, a Clattenburg-esque sort of referee seemed to, ah, to be okay. all about him rather than the uh, than the game but yeah, yes yeah. I mean on any given day he could have uh, he could have been sent off and it, it might have saved him might have been a very different mm. life path if it hadn't have happened as the way it did but yeah now there was something sp- specific about the kit that Spurs wore that day that had people talking what was yes that? the long shorts the return of the long short you think the, the the 80s um and in fact one of our opponents that day Stuart pierce was probably the finest exponent of the the short short which i'm sure he rolled up to even exaggerate and show off his magnificent thighs um <laughs> but yeah the, the long baggy short was back and I mean, I've often argued that everyone would describe it as the Spurs shorts, but really there were several clubs that the following season were to wear these longer shorts. It was just because yes. Spurs, in effect, wore their new kit a game early. We debuted they were playing it. And, and debuted it, and so they're, they're forever known as the Spurs shorts. But they, just to extend this idea that they were long shorts, Chris Eubank, around that time, I think it's when he fought Michael Watson. That's um, right. Actually, wore a version of those shorts, didn't he? He did. And the reason for that was the fight was at White Hot Lane. Michael Watson was a massive Arsenal fan. Uh, yeah. And I think Eubank was encouraged to, I'm sure. Um, he's no footballing allegiance, although he might pledge a support for Brighton these days as he's from that area. Um, I suspect it was something done by his promoters and he had an almost identical style um, navy short with a, a white semicircle. Uh, you know, on the on the side of those. Yeah. Hmm. It's, a, it's an interesting thing. It's not something you often see. I think Michael Watson's wearing sort of Arsenal-esque shorts, but they certainly yes, weren't. white with red uh, trim. Yeah, again. You know, I'm sure Ricky Hatton but, wore but, Man City colours or Man City badge on his, his shorts <laughs> many I, um, times. I was actually watching the um, the Mayweather Hatton the highlights of the Mayweather Mayweather Hatton fight um, yesterday, and he was wearing <laughs> sort of a, a very uh, Manchester City style pair of shorts. Yeah, like that. yeah, yeah. Um, but that's okay, so the return. Unbro- Sorry, that that game saw the return um, for for navy socks, which hadn't been worn for 
don't know, 24, 25 years, certainly from the, the sort of late middle 60s, and not seen again till 91. And it was kind of used ah. probably six, six or so years through the 90s. Okay. So that's I, just, I like the balance of that. It, it just changes it from being, you know, almost all, all white to being sort of half and half when you've got the navy shorts and socks. Yeah, so there's a so in the, in a space of sort of ten years, maybe less, you, you've seen them go in both directions in in terms of an all white kit and then back over yeah. to a, a white navy navy kit like that. Yes. Okay, that's interesting. Okay, so I'm broke for the next few years. Um, any other highlights over that period? Obviously, people think of of Klinsman wearing the shirt. That would be the yeah. Well, I mean, the, the, the shirt he thing. wore was the one where they'd started putting club badges within. And I wouldn't call it a, this was a massive shield. Everyone had this really big oversized um, shield for, for their club badge. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the badge was still quite quite traditional and similar, but it was just housed within this enormous. Spurs didn't get one of Umbro's um, lace kits, which obviously lots of clubs had. Um, but no. that was something we kind of missed the trick there. We had a third kit, which had quite um, a, sort of pretty effect where in sort of it's hard to describe really but it said spurs across the top of the shirt and it was in mm. sort of block letters but they were then split like a barcode would look so there yeah. were goalkeeper shirts that had this that said umbro in it i think ajax had, had had the same sort of design so so that was quite rare but spurs had that in a sky blue away kit was then yeah um, yeah, I think you've done a pretty good job of describing that. Um, that's yeah, I can I can certainly picture it now. Um, those were sort of the highlights of, of that period. We mentioned the the bird ship shirt, as we <laughs> call it, uh, as as I would call it. Yeah, um, I, I seem to remember Ronnie Rosenthal scoring a hat trick against Southampton in that. Yes, one, yeah, super sub okay. rocket Ronnie. Yeah. Um, so then you moved on to to Pony. Now the the. the the cliche here or the um what people tend to come out with about this is that the pony kits were pony is that is that something you'd agree with it was because it was easy to say because the quality was terrible on the support you know the the replicas um whether the players had the same problems or not you didn't see it but to me it it looked cheap and nasty it had a, a a massive oversized um neckline that was sort of a big stitching that came down further than it needed to. It had really cheap, plasticky-looking buttons. And then the biggest issue for everyone who owned a, a replica version was that the navy collar, after a few washes, not even many, oh, yeah. the colour just faded out of it, and it looked like it was a, you know, a ragged purple. Let's say. Yeah. Um, so it was just yeah. generally quite disappointing, and it was a shirts were enormous even then. So even you know whatever size you bought, it was big and it was baggy, and um, they kind of redeemed yeah. themselves with a with a plainer, more traditional Spurs shirt in '97, and that, and that stayed for for two years. And Spurs won the League Cup in that shirt. Janola, you remember him? Well, maybe removing it to show off his uh, uh, his vest. Barnsley, Barnsley after a mesmeric run and a fantastic goal. Yeah, but yeah, okay. it was a disappointing time for me for the for the home kits. Certainly, the away kits were were quite interesting. They introduced 
um, a purple and navy striped shirt, which I thought was really classy. You know, purple had been very lightly used. The Umbro Awake It Before, which people remember as the Klinsman shirt where he made his debut in, as that was the secondary colour on that one. But that was a mostly navy shirt, but that was nice. Yeah. And then there was a, a royal blue and sort of ecru, as everyone had to have an ecru, you know, colourway in their kit somewhere. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, they generally there were there was quite poor kits, if I'm honest. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm lip fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Yeah. Just sort of okay, so imagination. You go from from the ridiculous to the sublime then, in theory, with Adidas. Is yes. that something that Spurs fans would have got excited about getting getting on board of Adidas? I think so, because Adidas was sexy, you know, it's... It's very retro and, you know, it's certainly a manufacturer we'd never had. Um, we, we'd had um, our sponsors, Holston, for many, many years, sort of a dozen years from the mid-80s to the, to the mid-90s and then changed to coincide with the pony years um, where Alan Sugar managed to sort of take a rival's money in the computer industry to advertise Hewlett-Packard. <laughs> yeah. um, and, and Holston returned with the Adidas shirts. It was kind of an all-German. Uh, theme but yeah no that that first one certainly i was a big fan of that 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 stayed for two years um that had a nice uh, flappy collar on it and um yeah the 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 next shirt wasn't so much i wasn't a fan of it i think it introduced a kind of a shade of sky on the on the shirt that looked gray so that was part of the the v-neck and the collar i wasn't particularly a fan of that personally And there was actually a, a shirt that was that was made that wasn't retailed, which was worn in. Would it have been a Worthington's Worthington Cup final? That's correct. Yeah, Spurs played Blackburn Rovers. Now in the league that season, Spurs had worn sky blue at uh, Blackburn, which the football league were perfectly happy with. It was a bright sunny day, so that that appeared to be no problem at all. Blackburn 
had a Navy away kit and they wore that at White Hart Lane that season. Um, but this being a, a football league competition, not the Premier League, um, they decreed that it, it wasn't enough of a contrast. And as Blackburn had been drawn the home team, Tottenham had to change. Um, and so this was uh, a special kit was, was made for the final then? Yes, just a one-off, uh, never sold uh, publicly. Um, and it was a yellow shirt with navy sleeves worn with the, the home shorts and socks. Okay. Um, but it's it's not... doesn't really go down in Spurs folklore because you lost the game. Yes. It, you know, it becomes instantly forgettable, really. Yeah. Just on the okay. grounds of the defeat. So, uh, Adidas, a, sh- a short dalliance with Adidas, and then... Uh, Kappa come in now Kappa I, I don't want to be because there are a few events in, in that period that uh, are notable but essentially Kappa kits are the same kit in lots of different colours over several seasons aren't they so you, yes. you you get to wear lots of different colours but the kit remains more or less the same that's reasonably fair would you say yeah I mean that, that first incarnation would have been 2002 that would have been the combat um, yep. style so you've gone from you know it's a completely new thing as a fan um, you know where it's really stretchy and it's you know however many percent lycra um, but also the sizing was, was very different you know a supporter you know might suddenly be buying an 8XL shirt and they really weren't you know they, they came up two or three sizes um, smaller than you would expect <laughs> Yeah. but the first couple of kits were quite plain quite traditional you know, not too too much faffing about the sort of reverse stitching. You know, that became a thing in the early 2000s, didn't it? Where, you know, you'd see stitching yeah. that you wouldn't normally have seen. But that kind of yeah. replaced shirt trim. Yeah, there, there wasn't a lot of trim in those shirts. I, I remember two that I quite liked. I remember there was a navy one. I, I, I wouldn't be able to tell you which season it was. Um, but it was quite... I think there was there was two navy ones. The The later navy one was the one that I liked, I think, towards the... Yeah, I think the first year yeah. we had a navy shirt with black sleeves. Ah, uh, yeah. And that was just... I don't know. It it didn't quite fit as the Spurs shirt to me. The, the one I think you're thinking of would have come in about 2004. And that was, to me, that was like the perfect set of kits. And someone's mentioned that yeah. recently on a, on a Facebook group that I think a lot of people who listen to this will be party to and it was home shirt was completely plain by the sponsor obviously that was in red because it was uh thompson yeah but white shirts blue shorts white socks the away shirt was the complete reverse of that navy white navy and the third kit was all yellow yeah and, and that was a yeah that was a a good set of kits set of kits 2004 2005 that was the other one i was going to mention the yellow one which was particularly classy and there was a, a sky blue one either the season before that or season after yeah, somewhere around there that was nice uh, as also well. a lilac sort of third kit as well which was you know not oh quite, yeah that's right yeah. you know purple maybe but lilac was probably a stretch too much but but that cap kit if i can just interject there uh, that first one was the last time a spurs uh home kit was worn for two seasons so ever since 2004, 2005, they've changed every single season. Really? Okay. That's quite early for that, isn't it? It is. I know everyone's in line with that now, but that's you probably were a, a pioneer in that, yeah. in that approach. Yeah. Um, one of the kits that Kappa released, I, I didn't really think much of it at the time, and I remember it causing a big problem playing against Blackburn Rovers again. 
but yeah. there, there was a white shirt with navy sleeves. Is that right? Yes, uh, that was 2005, 2006. And for me, it got the balance of the kit wrong completely. If it had had white shorts, it might have worked because it wouldn't have been disturbing the balance so much. But it was a complete sea change. It, it just looked wrong. Well, I personally wasn't a fan of that. I know many, many fans weren't. Um, but they also they had a royal blue away kit that year with yellow trim that was just so alien to, to Tottenham. Oh, yeah, it was a right. very Wimbledon style, uh, you know, kit. Uh, they'd never won in it, but they never scored a single league goal in it. I think the only goal they ever scored in it was in a pre-season friendly out in Asia. Um, and the third oh, kit got got more use and certainly got more wins in it. And then that was a yellow shirt with navy sleeves paired with white shorts, which obviously some people not fans of. I don't know why. I think it's just a, a scarcity thing. And I think people remember Ed- Edgar Davids in that shirt and his glasses. Uh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That's a, a good way of placing that one. Um, okay, so that was that was the Capia period, which was was pretty good because they do stylish kits um yeah but but as we mentioned there there were a few um a few that were off the mark there and then puma is that right it was yeah uh, straight to puma okay. so we had okay. six years with puma it's quite a long association yeah i i wouldn't have thought it was that long i i can't i can't i can think of a couple of shirts that that stand out but not necessarily for good reasons there was the there was one that had yellow flashes on white, wasn't there? Yes, that would have been uh, that would have been the season they qualified for the Champions League for. Uh, obviously, didn't wear it the following season, but yeah, that was um, again. It was okay. very odd to have that much of a of a different colour in in the shirt. Um, again, didn't personally didn't like that. wasn't a fan of that at all. No, and so, so were there any sort of high points in the in the Puma years? High more away kit. Well, they changed. They had a, an all white kit again in two thousand seven, two thousand eight. Okay, um, that was that was quite a sort of change, and, and that year was the anniversary. So there was the sky blue and white half kit as well. Um, they uh, they were quite Which... plain designs, really. For initially, the first couple of years, there was that super shiny material that I mentioned earlier. So rather that the home shirt would have looked really plain on the front, but then on the back, it had a sort of U-shaped panel in navy, um, which you, you, okay. know, you didn't see from the front. But and they, they had sort of the socks were quite weird in that they were predominantly blue at the bottom, but then white at the top, and then the sort of alternate versions were blue at the top and white at the bottom. And it was <laughs> pretty much half and half. It was hard to distinguish yeah. which which was which. Yeah. Um... What, what so we mentioned the away colours, so you had uh, blue and white halves, you had the brown and gold. Anything else that was there a purple puma one as well? Not purple. Um they they were they sort of went through the whole palette there of, of all navy, all sky blue, all yellow. There was a I think it would have been their very first ever all black kit, which was paired ah, sort of with gold okay. trim. That had the, the sort of fake collar. So from afar it looked like it was a collar, but when you got up close it was you know, it was part of the shirt, even though it was oh. the material of the collar. You know, those, yeah, not polyester. You know, it it was different, and it, you know. But for me, referees wear black, not not football teams. But that's that's my my issue. And yeah, I deal with it. 
but that again is I, it, I don't deal with it i rant about it sorry <laughs> but this is the, that's another it, it's a good landmark in in the tottenham history again because everyone has has got to that point and if that's that that if anything is quite late for a, a team to first have a black yeah change i think yeah 2008 so that's, nine. that's uh it's, it's something that you're never gonna be able to 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 stave off forever so uh you don't know there have been a few since it kind of just gets thrown in every four or five years i suppose um so following puma it was under armor and so how many seasons did you have under armor for i think it was five years from from memory till 2012 until uh, the end of this season five seasons of under armor yeah oh really okay i would never have thought it was that long um Okay, uh, that that shocked me. I I was actually literally in my head. I was thinking that's it's either two or three seasons. No. It's five seasons is incredible. Yeah. No, no, you'd, um, you'd be looking at a sort of Scott Parker wearing that in uh, in twenty twelve, and and again that was a another all white home kit. Okay, um, so Spurs had previously had a, a really nice plain Puma kit to to bow out on, and Under Armour brought in this all white kit which had silver or grey sort of you know detail that if you're close up you could see but from afar you just couldn't see it was it was there at all and they've tried a few things with the change kits and they've put this this big um on on one of the home shirts i don't know which season it was there was a a big bar across the top which reminded me a little bit of um the Admiral England eighty two shirt, or or is it known as yes, England eighty two shirt? Well, yeah, that was that. a Puma shirt. Oh, that's a Puma yes, one, is it? That okay, was the, sorry. The Champions League season. Um, we've qualified two years, okay. you know, since now. I don't have to call it the Champions League season. <laughs> but, yeah, um, yeah. No, that was a really smart. It was also we first dance. I thought it was a kind of nod to the eighty two or eighty to eighty two away kit. Yeah, which had a kind of epaulette sort of look, where it had navy on the shoulders. Um, but that was a, that was a nice traditional kit and for me. I, I see Gareth Bale rampaging down the wing in that at the San Siro yeah. or White Hart Lane, and Peter Crouch nodding them in at the uh, at the back stick. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was Puma. That one was Puma. Okay, what sort of thing of of did Umber, Under Armour did? Sorry, what well, their sort of things did Under Armour do? For me, do? was a, a very traditional kit. It had navy shorts and socks. It was quite plain, but it had what was. I'd describe it as like a baseball style collar. So it had um, navy, white, navy, sort of three band collar, but it kind of dropped down, you know, like a baseball shirt does to quite okay, a low point. Yeah. And I thought that was quite stylish. Um, a lot of the fans would have been happy because it had a sky blue sponsor uh, that year. So it would have been without red. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay. But again, you know, okay. it would have been just one season, but Spurs had gone through a period um, from probably 2010 onwards, where they they had a cup sponsor, so there are different versions of the shirt. So uh, initially, yeah, so AIA started off as a cup sponsor, didn't it? That's right. For one season, they would have been in about 2013, 14, where the year Hewlett Packard sponsored that that, that shirt. Um, but but for about three years prior to that, um, Investec had sponsored the cup shirts, uh, whereas IT companies. Uh, under the Hewlett Packard banner, um, had had sponsored Spurs before that. Okay, uh, yeah, I, I I seem to have a gap in my memory of of 
maybe football over those three seasons. I'm not sure <laughs> why that's happened, but yeah, it's, it's all coming back to me now. Um, so Under Armour went on. It, did did people warm generally to Under Armour as as a brand generally um, in terms of uh, the leisure wear and all that kind of stuff? Did that go down well with Spurs fans, really? I think it did. I mean, they didn't do anything too dramatic with the kits, and obviously that's the, the be-all and end-all for for football fans. Um, you know, Liverpool had... Their home kits were very traditional, but when they've had an American manufacturer, they've had some, you know, absolute shockers, or at least challenging, as John, John Devlin might say, um, yeah, kits. Um, so they didn't really do anything that was too wacky or off off the mark. Um, the sash no. shirt was a nice one. I thought they did that quite well. Um, that would have been 2015, uh, yeah. 16. Uh, last year again, there was a return to sort of the shoulders were in navy, right? Um, for the final one, but yeah, no, they were generally quite tasteful kits. Mm. Away okay. kits, they you know they didn't go too too mad. Um, stuck to traditional colours. Lilac kind of got a, a look in there, and last season's was gold with navy pinstripes. I think that might have just looked classier if it had been yellow, but doesn't seem to sell. Yeah, a little bit garish that one. Um, but there was also a was there a navy one last season as well? With, did that well, there was. Gold? That was the official away kit, and it was only ever worn twice. Oh, worn, okay. worn at Stoke in a four 0 victory, as we appear to always win four 0 at Stoke these days. Um, and away at Marseille, uh, sorry, Monaco in okay. the Champions League. But the gold kit was worn routinely, other than that. Okay, so now the new era is Nike. We've we've discussed those kits. Um, the I, I noticed I was out earlier today, and I noticed a lot of the um, the sort of leisure wear and the training wear and yeah. that goes with it, and it's bound to be popular just because it 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 carries the swoosh. So there's masses of marketing potential in that and and to be honest some of the stuff i saw look really nice um sort of the classic um like the that chevron thing that nike do in like hooded yeah. tops and things so that looked great uh where do obviously i've described this as the uh like a definitive looking spurs kit the new home kit where do they go from here nike i mean we don't know where they're going to go with vapor they've had it this is the second season and they've just tweaked it very slightly where do they go forward to, to create something new for Spurs? You can only imagine it's, it's going to be something quite seismic for, for all of their clubs. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I've got, I've bought my son a version of the shirt. He's only five years old, so it's a, a you know, a child's shirt. But, you know, you get close up, you can now see that there's um, polka dots or, you know, dots on the, on the sleeve in a very light grey that from afar, you just wouldn't know were there. But on the reverse of the sleeve... Oh, really? It's a very, very fine pinstripe. So it's not two pieces of material. It's one piece of material, the sleeve. And, and just oh, on okay. the, you know, the edge of the arm, it switches from being this, this dot to this stripe. But you just wouldn't know from ah. you know, more than, well, it depends on your eyesight, but 20 feet or so, no. and you just wouldn't know it's there. But I've, I've seen the Man City kit up close, and, and they've got the same thing with a very fine... Um, you know, sublimated or marking on the yeah. shirt. I hadn't noticed that. Um, I I had to look at them and and I just assumed it was the same thing as the the last season with just the very very thin stripes. But if it's got that, if that effect is caused in a slightly different way, I suppose that's 
I don't know whether that you could class that as a, a major change, but they're doing something. But yeah, that... but at least it's not you know a seismic one like the England one where it's you know it looks pale blue because you've got the white and royal blue very yeah. fine pinstripe that that changes the whole look. I mean, Inter Milan have got half and half. You know they've got one one royal blue, sorry, one blue and one black sleeve on their awake this year, haven't they? Yeah, um, it's sort of a faint colour. I, I still that still seems to that seems like it's going to fall foul of the same rules that the France shirt yeah. that had uh, red on one sleeve and blue on the other sleeve that that fell foul of. Um, uh, we'll wait and see to see whether certainly in the Champions League whether that's allowed. Uh, they no, they, the they won't be in the Champions League. No, Europa League possibly. I'm not 100 percent sure. Okay, we'll wait and see. Maybe they've released that kit because they're in neither and they can get away with it. We'll we'll wait and see on that. Uh, but yeah, it's, uh, I suppose, a positive change for, for Spurs. It was something that you you would have been apprehensive about, I would have thought, but as it's turned out, it's 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 okay and onwards and upwards. Exactly, exactly. You wait with bated breath for, for whatever they do next season, but uh, no, it's uh, I'm, I'm happy with the shirts. I think they're really smart. I, you know, happily, well, happily bought my son it. I'm not really someone who wears shirts anymore for in my youth. Okay. Well, that, that's something for Nike to work on then. If they can get you back into a football shirt, yeah, then they'll be doing okay. exactly. I'm, I'm okay. target demographic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, everyone is nowadays. Um, Andrew, it's it's been brilliant talking to you. So thanks so much for coming on. You are uh, a part of the the Echoes of Glory podcast, is that correct? Oh, yes, it's a, a weekly podcast for the fans, by the fans. That's our uh, tagline. Yeah, we should should be clear that this is a Tottenham Hotspur podcast. Yes, just, just Tottenham. Okay, so tune into that. Um, is there any way we can get hold of you? How do we get hold of you and the podcast and so on? On, on Is there a, a, a website address that we could get the podcast on? The podcast, you probably best go through the Twitter account. Everything's advertised on there. We have got our own website. The, the podcasts are on all the usual places where, you, where you'd get them. But that's at underscore echoes of glory, all one word. Um, and personally, I'm stato underscore 74. Stato underscore 74 to get hold of you. Well, that's brilliant. And uh, thank you for coming on. Um, for anyone who wants to visit the website, it is designfootball.com. There are lots of things going on there. There always are. Uh, we are designfootball.com on Facebook and Design Football on Twitter. And if you want to speak to me personally, it's uh, J29ers on Twitter. But thanks again, Andrew. Uh, all the best for the new season. I like Thank it when you. a team uh, has a, a good kit. I'm I, I'm not a Spurs fan by any stretch of the imagination, but a team wearing a good kit that I like, I like success to follow. So I, I'll be, I'll be hoping your results are, are reasonably good. And if I the... can just finish on a plug for the other thing that I have been a very yeah. s- small part of working in the background is the forthcoming book, the Spurs shirt, which is. Um, a photographic coffee table book uh, charting the history and colours of the famous Tottenham Hotspur jersey, which will be out later in the year. We have hinted at that. Um, I don't know if, if people heard the little uh, drops into the conversation of that of that book, but yeah, it, it's that sounds like it's a book. I I own 
um, the Arsenal shirt book, and that sounds like it will be a very similar. I also have a copy. It's a very fine uh, book. The subject matter might not be particularly to my taste, but it's a it's about football kits. So uh, obviously, it's it's got my interest. Well, there you go. If if a Spurs fan will buy that book, then uh, I didn't buy it. I didn't say I bought it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you wouldn't give them a penny. Okay, (laughs) then if. If a Spurs fan would have that in his possession, yes. then you can understand why fans of other clubs would get the Spurs. The, the Spurs shirt, is that what the it's Spurs called? Shirt, yes. The Spurs shirt, okay. So when that is released um, later this year, then that, that should be probably just in time for Christmas. So people, all football fans and football kit fans should be putting that on their Christmas list. Okay, well, thanks again, Andrew. Um, all the best for the new season. And, Thank uh, you. Speak to you soon. And we'll have a new guest on this podcast very soon as well. So thanks very much for listening. Bye-bye. Hello again, Andrew. How are you? I'm well, thank you, Jay. Um, so we, we speak again now. Uh, it's been about a year, just over a year maybe, since we were talking. And we left it at the point where you said there was going to be a Spurs... Uh, kit-related book being released very shortly. That's it right. wasn't released. It doesn't really matter about the reasons why it wasn't released, but it is about to be. Is that right? It is. It actually goes on sale on Saturday, the 1st of December, um, from the Tottenham Hotspur Club Shop and all of their retail outlets and through the club website. Um, but it's in conjunction with the club, official. Mm. Uh, and what's it called? The Spurs Shirt. Okay. Now... Th- that may sound familiar to people because there was uh, an Arsenal, um, sorry to say that dirty word, but there was an Arsenal book called The Arsenal Shirt, is that right? That's correct, and it was the same uh, man, Simon Shaky Shakeshaft, who brought all of it together in both instances. Ah. Okay, excellent. And this was something that you were uh, heavily involved with in terms of the research? Would that be in the right? background, yes, very much so. Um, Shaky is... Uh, not a Tottenham Hotspur fan, he's a Hereford fan, um, but he is the oracle uh, when it comes to match-worn football shirts. Um, okay. It couldn't have happened without him, um, and he's the glue that sort of you know, held it all together. But he does have areas where you know, he needed a little bit of assistance, and uh, I was one of several people who helped out with that. Okay, excellent. So... Uh, when you're listening to this podcast, it may well be that that, that has been uh, released, but it's available for people to buy um, handy for this time of year, I guess. Um, the what We talked about a lot of... So we left it. We were talking about the 2017-18 season kits. Um, we talked a lot about the... I take do those kits feature and do the the current kits feature yes. in the book? Yes, we've managed to get everything that's up to date now. So it would end um, when you know when Spurs go back to the new ground. Hopefully now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, there's this podcast, there's the book, and there's the ground. So Spurs are doing delays. I, I, I'm associating myself with Spurs in a big way there. But if it, as it is a, a podcast about Spurs, I think it is quite fitting that that it's we have such a delay nicely. on releasing this. Yeah, yeah. It's all coming together neatly. Yeah, you, you couldn't have planned it better. <laughs> uh, the so we talked about the 2017-2018 kits. Now, 
the just going back to that, we we touched upon what would what seemed to be the third kit that was going to be released, which was like a purpley, yes, semi camouflaged but like angular camouflage thing. Now we talked a lot um, about how it wasn't really much different from the away kit. How did yes. that work in practice in the end? Did, did, was it a completely superfluous kit or how did that work? Yeah, there was a problem with, as we predicted, against West Bromwich Albion, where I believe Tottenham just wore their home shirt. Um, and, you know, there was quite a lot of white on the West Brom shirt that season. And it, it did cause an issue. Um, but the, the navy kit and the purple kit, there was no contrast between the two. You'd never play against each other in them, but you sometimes do need something for balance um, as an alternative. And if your two alternatives are the same, then there's always going to be a problem. Okay, so to to move forward, you you gave us a bit of a prediction of what might happen, and you said it would have to be a, a kind of a seismic change from last season's kits, um, certainly with a home kit for this season. I I guess that's basically what has happened isn't it it is very much so the kits for this season have they've got certain design elements to them that are not weird and wonderful but they're certainly a big change for Tottenham historically so you've got the gradient on the home shirt where the the bottom of the home shirt is completely navy and then going up to about a third of the height so just below the sponsor it's going from navy to thinner sort of navy lines and then white um, at the top half of the shirt but it's certainly gradiented um, but it looks very odd when worn with white shorts which is something that Tottenham often do and certainly wear in Europe yeah so this is a side whose uh, default kit in Europe, European competition is all white but they've decided to release a home shirt which has a gradient into navy at the bottom that's, That's right. Seemed, yeah. Is this a massive oversight? Is this? Did they just like? Was it kind of a head in hands moment when they realised that once they designed the kit? Do you think, or was it? Did they just go? Oh, it doesn't matter. I honestly don't know. Not being you know involved in in that sort of process, I did wonder in the early stages whether it would lead to a, um, a European shirt, a special one-off shirt that would be you know more conducive to to being worn with white shorts. Um, because even the socks, the top of the socks are navy and they go down to white at the bottom. So the effect is reversed. So the, the, the shorts bring it all together. That, that's mm. the, the thing. So by swapping them out for white shorts, um, it, it just leaves you with a kind of band in the middle of navy. Um, but, you know, that's, that's what they've gone for and, and that's, that's what we have. Yeah, I... Um, is it... Is it a good kit, just even the domestic version? As a kit, does it does it look good? It strikes me as a little bit unflattering. It maybe looks like you've got your shorts pulled up very, very high. Yeah. It, what's, been, what's the reaction been to it? I, I think, I, personally, any kit nowadays, you know it's got a one-year lifespan. Um, and I'm, you know, it, it's not good, personally. I don't, I don't like it. I don't think it's very Tottenham. It, it gives us too much navy on the shirt, um, but it's only going to be one year, and and that's the throwaway nature of of modern football kit design is that they've got to keep changing it, so they've got to keep coming up with new, sometimes weird and wonderful ideas. 
Yeah. Um, one thing that one observation I have about it is, I kind of like the idea of Scotland wearing uh, a white away shirt. This like, this is not. I'm, I'm going off in a whole different direction, mm. but I like the idea of Scotland wearing a white away shirt. And it, it, I was watching it. They. That's what they wore against Inter Milan, as we're recording this. They beat Inter Milan last night. That's right, Wembley. Yeah. Yes, I was um, there. Oh, good. Uh, enjoyable evening, I'm sure. Very. And the they look they so they wear that they wore that kit, and it it made me think of like the Scotland 1986 kit. If yes. Scotland had worn like a white away shirt with their home shorts. It sort of has has that that effect, even though the band is a little bit higher. Yeah, and you um, just got this floating sort of band, you know, when you're looking from afar, mm. um, which is kind of out of place, as there's no sort of you know history of a, a a thick Tottenham, you know, a hoop anywhere on the Tottenham shirt or a band across it. Yeah, uh, a strange one. Now, we're we're just going to go through the other the other kits because the 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 uh, controversy doesn't end with the home kit so the away kit now this might be a myth and it might be something that the sort of mainstream journalists are not into the kits have have suggested and everyone's sort of gone along with it but is the Tottenham away kit Barcelona's training kit it does look almost identical Um, the thing is because Nike tend to put out um, and I wouldn't call it a template but it's certainly a design element on the sleeve of it's very hard to describe if, if you if you imagine looking at a graph that's produced when there's been an earthquake you know mm. with a shaky line up and down there's kind of that element onto it so you've got a navy shirt with sky blue that's brighter in the middle but it gets darker as it comes out into these you know shaky lines mm. um across the top of the shoulder and then down the arm but then by you know Barcelona have a training kit in those exact colours with their badge on. That's the only difference, it, it appears. So, yes, it does... Maybe people say it's lazy or it is a Barcelona um, training kit, but, you know, Nike tend to do this. They tend to sort of put everything out to look the same and you just have the colours different or the badge different uh, for clubs. Yeah, that is, it's a striking example of it. Um is is it something that that Spurs fans have kind of moaned about, or it, or is it? I think a lot of people bought into that. Oh, it's just that you know they're just using up old, and, and there's no way that Bar- you know, but the Nike have made a load of stuff for Barcelona, and it's even the current stuff that they've got so much left over that they've just rebadged it with Tottenham. That's preposterous. <laughs> and yeah. if you believe that, then I'm sorry, you deserve to get angry at things like that. If you're a bit stupid, personally, but. Uh, <laughs> You know, I, I don't think there's been directly a problem. I don't think it's going to prove to be one of the best ever away kits. Um, I have no idea on the, the number is sold. Um, I'm sure they do still sell in, you know, in spades. People will buy what, what the players wear. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I like as a design, I actually, I quite like that. France had it, obviously it's become iconic because France had something similar in the, in the World Cup and they yeah. ended up winning... Um, I, I've still I just see images of um, Kylian Mbappe wearing it with, with like a a, a base layer, and the, the sort of the design on the sleeve sort of merges into the base layer quite nicely. I quite like it. Yeah. Um, 
so I, yeah, it's, it's an interesting design. It's just a, a weird thing that the two very big clubs and Spurs is a is a big club would have such a kit uh, a kit so similar to another team's like that. Um, the third kit. Now this is the one I'm interested in. The Nike third kits. Now, what what does that depict? So that they've every Nike third kit or for the bigger team certainly have got um, sort of a graphical sublimated image on it. Yeah. What's the what's the what's the Tottenham one about? It's actually if you, if you get close enough um, to look at it, the pattern is um, like an aerial map of the area of North London, uh, the borough of Harringay, where Tottenham are based. Um, I don't think it's it's not like you were looking at an A to Z or anything like that, an actual you know um, map like that. But I think it's more of an aerial shot. Um, I've looked at it close up. I've held one. I've looked at it, and I I don't see it myself. Um, but then I'm not standing next to a map of Haringey to to be able to compare it. I'm sure it is a true likeness, but it doesn't you know sing out to me. But you've got to be holding it or standing in front of it to see this. If you're in the stands or even just you know ten yards away uh, from it, you you can't particularly make that out. Mm. It, it just um, looks like a shirt that's. Well, I, I mean, I would call it. I'd, I'd look it up on a paint chart, and it'd be called pixie green or something. Um, and then the the top half is is a lot darker, darker even than a bottle green. Um, and the sleeves are in that colour too. But essentially, it's a two tone shirt. And from afar, that's what it looks like. What well, I, I mean, what I I hadn't thought about this before, and I'm asking this question. I'm, I'm dropping this question on you, so I apologise. But I want. Does that mean it's got the stadium on it? And which version of the stadium has it got because if if they're thinking ahead obviously the stadium they should be playing in the stadium now <laughs> yes um so really that shirt should show the new stadium on there if it's no, like i say i don't think it's that detailed i don't think right. it's got the roads i think it's um if you looked on google maps it would be like the satellite image mm. rather than the map image Okay. so to speak I, I don't know if that's a good explanation it's hard to, to sort of describe it visually but it, it's not that clear that you would say oh yeah look there's the high road or that's where Seven Sisters is or they've had to stop there because you'll get another club that's just you know three miles down the road mm-hmm. yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> well, that, you know, yeah maybe that... if you had that in the shadows of the arms maybe that might be apt but yeah <laughs> but things like that have happened before haven't they but yeah, that would be quite good. Or but even terrible, the choice of colour for it. I mean, you could have had that with any coloration you wanted, but they've chosen supposedly a historic colour, um, and and that shade of green was the colour of the um, brewery that used to own the land where Whitehall Lane was. So this is in the realms of of you know Manchester United's pink away kit being a tribute mm. to the to the pink newspaper with the scores mm. on you know at the end of the, the the day, or United having a gingham kit because of the textile industry in Manchester. You know, essentially yeah. they've chosen a colour and then they've had to try and find some way of <laughs> of linking it to the club. But yeah. this is supposedly that the club was was White Hart Lane ground originally was uh, brewery's land that the club bought from them um, and and the part of the deal was that the brewery kept any takings um, you know from from ale sold uh, at the ground oh, but you yeah. know this was really at the turn of the 20th century right in 1900 yeah I, I 
I don't I don't necessarily mind it. I know it's you you wonder if it's if it's just entirely bullshit, but I I don't think I have a a too big a problem. They did it with Celtic as well. Celtic released a pink kit and they said it was like the yeah. the ticket stub from the European Cup final. It was That's represented right. that. It's like mm, does it or did was it did you think it was about time Celtic had a pink kit for you to release? Yeah, exactly. And they have yeah. to find a way. The marketing people have to find a way of attaching it to your club with some spiel whereas honestly the fans would rather you just say it's pink's turn or we drew pink out of a hat mm. uh. yeah but the, the elephant in the room here is that obviously you've got um you've got the the blue away and you've got this this greeny thing um third kit what the elephant in the room is is the second season without a yellow kit would that be right I don't think it's so much that it's the second season without a yellow kit. I think yellow has become far less um, popular um, for, for kits, um, certainly for sales-wise. So I, I think generally it's not expected that we're going to have a yellow kit, um, certainly anywhere near every year. Um, it just, it's something that gets recycled through the palette and it's just not as often as it used to be. Okay, all right. So it's just uh, an indication of the trends, the current trends. Okay. Yeah, very much so. Fair enough. So... How how do you, we're second year in now for Nike? How do you evaluate what they've done so far? Because I think we both agreed that the the first certainly the home kit in the first season was was pretty wonderful. It was about as good a, a Tottenham kit as you're going to get, especially definitely um, playing it reasonably safe, not wanting to to annoy people, but getting it like a classic design. It worked really well. Where are we now? All in all, I mean, I expected. To go from a plain shirt to something, and again, it's not bonkers, but it's you know it's certainly got a lot of design element to it. Um, there would be lots of people who would say their favourite Tottenham shirts are as plain as you can be, not even a contrasting cuff or collar um, would be perfect, and it should just have a cockerel on it. And you know, in the modern era, you're going to get sponsorship, you're going to get sec- some other clubs have secondary sponsors on the sleeves. Tottenham don't have that because at the moment they think that would detract from any potential um, stadium sponsor. So that's the reason why they've deliberately not got down that route. Um, but yeah, I think you know next season might be plainer or it might at least be a different design element. But you just kind of have to expect it, change for change sake, as, as I might have said earlier. Okay. And... So, are, are, are Nike doing a good job, would you say? Year one, yes. Year two, not so. You know, you can only judge them so far. I'd say it's a 50-50 hit rate. Even mm. with the, you know, the kits. The away kit last year was absolutely fantastic. A real classic. But it was plain and I kind of think a lot of people prefer that. Yeah. Because there's more tradition. Uh, the... Where where do they go now? Is that is that what you think is going to happen? That it's going to be more traditional again next season? It's going to be like a cycle like that? I don't know. I just wonder if they'll go for a, a different design element, but tone it back in a bit. The the fear would be that they do something you know utterly crazy next year, and um, you know maybe in, in a navy sleeves or something that's you know far bigger, far bolder. I mean Watford have gone from never not having stripes for donkey's years. I mean we're going back. Um, you know, well past the modern era, and and this season from nowhere, Watford are in stripes. Well, mm. why might Tottenham not change from that? You know, change to to a striped shirt. Oof. History would say, well, they haven't done that 
you know, for hundreds of years or not since chain shirts, you know, in the 50s. But, you know, you, I wouldn't be surprised by anything in this day and age. Hmm. Okay. Well, that's, that's sort of the, the new kits covered. Um, in terms going back to the book again, you, you touch on the history of, of, of Tottenham. Um, you, you kind of couldn't tell us too much when we spoke last year. You couldn't tell us too much about what was going on in the book. Are there any particular highlights of the book that you can mention? Or... Yeah, I mean, there's everything in the book is... It's been so well researched, and I don't mean that from the element of things that I've done. Um, myths are debunked, um, you know, situations are explained. So probably the biggest story in Tottenham's kit history was the um, kit fail in the 1987 Cup final, as we've just mentioned. That's explained in, in full detail um, with key protagonists having been interviewed um, and giving their side of things. Um, but Shaky's spoken to all the relevant people and, you know, has got to the bottom um, of, of everything and explanations of why um, changes were made in other cup finals. So in 1971, Tottenham played Aston Villa in the League Cup final. Um, both clubs had white socks that season, so both clubs were forced to change. Um, but Spurs also wore different shorts on that day. That's explained. There's a different tone on the um, embroidery of the kit for that. So that's all gone into. It, it can be as much detail as you want if you want to read every element of the book or you've just got the pictures there, um, which are just such an amazing quality of all of these match-worn shirts. These aren't replicas. These aren't from the shop. These are shirts that were worn by some by legends of the club and some where there was only one shirt available to cover a design that you know somebody who actually played one game and one game only for Tottenham and missed a penalty in a penalty shootout, um, but that's the only available match worn shirt, so it had to be in the book. Hmm, interesting. Okay, well that it 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 does sound. I mean, I've got I got I'm not an Arsenal fan either, and I've got the the Arsenal shirt book, so um, yeah, this would this will be one that I'll be added to my collection and and i i yeah that's the vibe i'm getting from from lots of people out there in in the sort of twitterverse you know that follow and and the, the regular people that we chat to or the people we know who respond uh on certain facebook groups that you know people are looking forward to this this book hmm. and it's yeah it's well worth it i mean i've, I've seen an advanced copy um and it's it's mightily impressive. It's everything I hoped it would be, and more. Good, good. I'm yeah, I'm 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 glad it's turned out that way. I'm, it's taken a little bit longer than we expected, but it's it's here now. So it's worth the wait, and it's better for the wait actually because a couple of gaps that we didn't have uh, a few shirts have subsequently been um, uh, filled. It's come even further up to date than it was. Um, so so yeah, it's a it's a better product for the delay. So it's it's better for that. Okay, and obviously you have a a, a, a friendship and a, a working relationship with Shaky as well. Uh, you interviewed him for your podcast, is that right? That's right. Yes, um, I uh, on a weekly Tottenham podcast called the Echoes of Glory, and uh, Shaky was a very interesting conversation I had with him, um, and that was out about a week or so ago um, but we'll put a link in the, in the spiel for this if that's okay um, to share that with people who want to, to go back and listen to that if they've not already heard it 
Yeah. Uh, what, just for people who are not using the or not watching this, uh, where it's actually actually got the notes, because I'll pop the notes as you yes, say on here. Um, what is the uh, what's the episode number? It's just so season it. eight, episode thirteen, and again, it's Echoes of Glory. Brilliant. Okay. Well, that's fantastic. Okay, so that that nicely ties this up. It's been a long time coming. This podcast. I, I apologise to um, everyone who has been waiting for this podcast. Uh, Spurs fans or Kit fans who who or, or just uh, designfootball.com podcast completists who haven't had episode 27 <laughs> episode 27 is here now i hope this has been worth the wait as well uh thanks so much andrew for for talking to me last year it's been my pleasure for coming back to to talk to me now just to get this done and get this out there um how can people get hold of you are you on sort of social media and things yes i'm on twitter and i'm at stato underscore 74 74 okay we we might have mentioned that before but if if not then there you go um and echoes of glory are also on um uh twitter and things yes, like that yes that's it? underscore or at underscore echoes of glory all one word but there'll be a link on my twitter page if you want to go from there okay um, well that's brilliant thank you so much for that andrew um we will be having more podcasts coming soon um and hopefully we'll get a chat with uh, with Shaky ourselves. So sh- hopefully sh- we can get Shaky on this podcast before too long, um, and then have a have a chat with the man himself. Um, thank you again, Andrew. Uh, the, for the second time in this episode, uh, the the music is kicking in. So I'll just say goodbye and check out the website. We're designfootball.com on Facebook, Design Football on Twitter, and uh, speak to you again soon. Bye now. Okay. Yep. Yep. Splendid. Thanks so much for that. And now I need to edit it. <laughs> so I th- I think I'll st- uh, okay, shall I stop that? There's nothing we've forgotten, is there? Is there anything obvious that we should have talked about? Okay. Brilliant. Um, yeah. So I'll let, I'll chuck that into an edit. Um, I'll stop my recording there. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.